Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by... This is Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hello, welcome, bonjour. I, I, I did this one last time, didn't I, where I, I, I did the different languages. Yes, is, is that going to be a regular feature for everyone now? It might now? be, I'll, I'll see how I feel. You know, I, I don't know that many languages. I, I think I could I was going to say, you might want to learn some... German last time, so you know... <laughs> It's limited, limited what I can uh, what I can run with. But are you well today? I am well. Yeah, it's um, it was raining this morning and it seems mm. to have cleared up and the sun is beaming in through the window. The which sun's is, got his hat on. The sun has got his hat on. Hip hip hip! Hooray! Well, the sun has got his hat on and he's coming out to play. And now this is the place to talk about games, but also to to go over children's nursery rhymes talk about children's nursery rhymes and the sun the two very important topics speaking of video games we should probably jump into our discussion for today so this week we are discussing quite a recent release uh, that's found itself on the top 100 list which is hades now hades came out in september 2020 uh, with early access going live in december 2018 it was developed by Supergiant Games and was released originally on the Switch and on the PC. It's got a Metacritic score of 93 and brings us in at number 91 on the list. So it's um, you know, it's dangerously close to the bottom, but it's still in there. And I think um, it's been in the list ever since it's uh, ever since it's released. To be honest with you, it's uh, it's quite a popular game. So before we get into it and you know proceed what were your what were your initial thoughts or what was your knowledge of the game going in um i'd heard good things about it um i'd seen that it released on the switch and i think the switch is a very 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 good platform for it mm. i mean i can't really imagine playing this anywhere else um it's the kind of game that you can just pick up and play and sink a bit of time in and then maybe do something else or maybe do something in the background I think this is um, one of those games that you describe as a, a perfect um, experience on the Switch. Yeah, How about you? yeah, I'd agree. It's it's the same as um, the, the way that I described Fall Guys. I really enjoyed Fall Guys on the PS4, but it felt like it was more of a game for Switch than anything else. Same as Among Us. It's just got that vibe that it's good for portable play, and it's the kind of game, and you mentioned it the other day, that if you're on holiday or if you're travelling on the train, it's something that you can dip in and out of. Yeah. It isn't really the kind of game you can imagine sinking, you know, four or five hour shifts into at a time. You know, it's it's quite a um, quite a bitty game. You you just want to play it here and there. But yeah, it, it was um, it was an interesting play, and I knew before going in there were two games that were getting quite a lot of hype over the past year or so that I've picked up and followed, and one of them was Hades, and the other was Disco Elysium, which. I believe is just about to come to the PlayStation Store, so I'm looking forward to playing that one. Um, so I think we can pretty much gather from what you've just said there. You played this on the Switch. I did play this on the Switch. Surprisingly enough, I played it on the Switch. Very shocking. I know that you uh, you're not a fan of the Switch, are you? It's your least favorite console, I've heard. 
Yeah, right, right next to the uh, what's the the Virtual Boy? Virtual Boy with the seven games that were ever released for it. Right, don't you don't you knock the Virtual Boy? <laughs> <laughs> so I I also played this on the Switch, and I think I agree with you. It, it's a perfect platform for it. So in terms of the game itself, do you want to give a brief overview of the plot? I mean, we should probably describe this game as it's a roguelike game. It's, um, you know, randomly generated maps and no level is ever the same. So there's a, a big emphasis on, you know, picking up and rolling with the hits, I suppose, with this game. But what, what what's the story? Well, so I just want to go into a bit more detail about what the game actually is. So yeah. you've, you start off in, I suppose, Hades' living area, courtroom area. I think there's a name for it in the game. And you are the son of Hades. And your objective is to escape Hades, which is the underworld. Um, so your, your your objective for the whole game is to escape the underworld. Now, the it's underworld is made up of... Olympus. Yeah. And the underworld is made up of a number of different areas... Each area has a different theme, um, di- different visual aesthetic, and you start your journey. And at some point during your initial play, you're going to end up dying. And what happens when you die is that you end up going all the way back to this beginning um, living area of Hades, this court area, and you may change your weapons, you may do some development of your character leveling up. And you'll go back out and you'll replay the entirety of what you've just done. And you might make it a little bit further this time. And you might um, unlock some more uh, points towards levelling up. Or you might unlock a new weapon or some additional health, so on, so on. Um, And then you might die again. And then you start all the way back. And then basically your objective in this game is to make your way through all the floors of the underworld. Uh, to get to Mount Olympus with the other gods. And it's a bit like something like Bloodborne, a bit like something like Dark Souls, except that every single time you start back at the very beginning. Now, I'd be interested to know how long it would take to go through all the floors, because for disclosure, I've not completed this game. I am still playing it, and I do still intend to play it, as I said to you, um, when I maybe go on a weekend break or something this is the kind of game i'm going to want to be playing with something on in the background um when i've got a bit of time to myself um so yeah i've not completed it but i do wonder how long it would take to progress through all the floors from start to finish um i think that'd be quite interesting to know do you know that by chance i've seen some um some playthroughs of it because same as you i didn't complete this game i it's one of those ones i'm still going through because the problem with this game is if you want to try and complete it fast, you've kind of got to be good at it. And it takes a while to get into the swing of things. Then you take a break for a few days and you kind of, you lose your skill a little bit. So it's one that I've struggled with, but I know that I think, I think there's about five or six different areas um, with five or six different bosses. So I know that the Minotaur with someone else is one of the bosses. And I think the final boss is Hades himself. Um, you, you know more, about Greek mythology than I do um, because I know that you studied it at, at college but yes. there are varying characters I mean the two 
bosses, I suppose, that you and me came up against was um, Meg. I can't remember her full name. Um, um, she's. I think she's one of the the lesser gods, or she's some kind of deity. Yeah. Um, or mythical character, and then the other one is the Hydra. Yeah. Uh, I got onto the Elysium level, and I got. I I reckon I got close to the end of that, but then I died, and um, yes, I <laughs> haven't made it back there yet. No, that that's the problem. You can get on a really good run, and then all of a sudden you die, and then for some reason you really struggle getting back to where you were and you'll keep dying on really simple things that you found really easy the first time it's it's quite easy to get its hooks into you but like i said it's not something that's going to keep you there for hours and hours but i mean yeah it's a very particular type of game isn't it yeah i mean i think if you go in knowing that you can get a lot of enjoyment out of it yeah like the the way that i was playing it with a majority of the games that we play on this list i'll set time aside so for bioshock I purposely set time aside for a few hours every other day to make some progress in it. With this, it was more, I'll play, like I'll do a run just before bed or, you know, just after I've, I've had some food or something like that. It, it wasn't ever me setting hours of time aside. It was just here and there before going to sleep or when I woke up in the morning, which I quite liked, to be honest with you, because it's very rare that I'll play video games in bed. I mean, I've got a TV in my room and I've got my PS4 in there but the PS4 isn't even plugged in. So the only time I'll ever play video games in bed these days is if it's uh, the Switch, which I don't often take upstairs with me anyway. So it made quite a nice change, and I enjoyed playing it that way because it just felt quite chilled. Now, just something that I'm wondering, because like as you mentioned earlier, you can upgrade your weapons, i.e. get different weapons and unlock different styles of fighting. What was the main weapon that you used throughout? So, I think you you start off with a basic. Is sword. it a sword that you start off with? Yeah. yeah. So I I replace that very quickly. Um, easily my favourite thing that I've been using is the bow. Um, you obviously you're you're fighting at a distance, but enemies will also use projectiles and they'll do whatever they can to get close to you because these enemies like to surround you and uh, take chunks off your health. And with the bow, you have to time your attacks. So the longer you draw the bow, um, if you get it into the sweet spot, you'll do maximum damage. Um, but if you just fire off quick hits, you're not really going to do any you real damage. Yeah, so it's all about your timing with the bow. So I, I found that really fun. And yeah, I think that's what I'm going to continue using for the for the time being. Um, how about you? What did you use? I For the first kind of few hours of the game, I was I stuck with the sword. When it comes to games where you have a choice of different weapons, I'll usually stick with like the base, uh, the basic weapon because I'm boring. Um, but I, I did try, I did try a few other weapons here and there, but I never really stuck with them. And then I decided to just completely switch it up. And then for the, for the latter half of the game that I played, I've been using the shield because that one has a similar effect that the bow has in that you can. Um, you can throw it a bit like uh, oh. a bit kind of Captain America styly, and it will come back to you. So it will hit maybe two or three enemies and hone in on them and then come back. So the shield was quite handy. Plus, as well as that, you can block, charge, and then, um, you know, unleash um, unleash hell on them. So the, the shield became my go-to weapon. I tried 
the bow i couldn't really get on with it and i don't think i unlocked there's like a, a spear or a trident isn't there yeah i just unlocked the spear um but i haven't had a chance to test it out yet no so i'll, I'll probably like like you said you're going to carry on playing this and i think i am as well yeah. and it's something that i intend to um intend to unlock and i'm i'm hoping that i'll, I'll get around to completing it because it, it is quite a fun game and it did keep me coming back for more and i know before we started this game for the podcast you were a little bit apprehensive about this one weren't you because you're not it's a just big not fan my of, style of game yeah um, you're not a big fan of I've randomly just never, generated stuff no I, th- I think there's something to be said for levels that have had um a developer's touch and kind of been curated that way um but i think the mindset like i said to get into with this one is that it's not it's not something like bioshock which you're going to maybe complete in a certain amount of time this is something to i i think it's a light game um and it's not going to be one of these things that you read into the world and you get all these things back and you can do yeah there, there's, there's got stuff a lot there more behind it hasn't it there's stuff there definitely but it's not like we we talked a lot about in bioshock about environmental storytelling and yeah um obviously looking for the audio logs and like the writing on the wall and the various things that the environment can give hints towards now in a randomly generated environment you've got the themes that i mean like i said the, the aesthetic of the areas all change and there's a lot going on in that central court area um that is where i think most of the storytelling is done and, and um most of the law for the world is um and this this yeah you just got to adjust to that kind of different style of game it's not your your typical um single player adventure and i think if you go into it with that mentality you're not going to enjoy it that much but if you accept it for what it is um which is something quite different and enjoyable in short bursts then yeah i think you'll have a good time yeah definitely it's 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 a very kind of unique kind of game um, and I think this is the only roguelike game that we've got on this list, isn't it? I don't think there are any I think others. so. I think so. Um, yeah, there's a couple of games that I'm not quite sure what they are. Um, so we'll, we'll see yeah. when we come to those ones. But... Yeah. So gameplay is king, as always. We ask a couple of questions in regards to the full gameplay of the game in question. So first question is, do you think this game is fun? Yeah, I think this game is fun. I think... There's something to be said about picking your weapon and I wouldn't say necessarily mastering it, but really getting good at using it and the timings of it. This game is all about timings and all yep. about when to use your dash, when to use certain moves, when to... Um, I mean, there's power-ups for the bow, for example, where you can get a three-shot-at-a-time thing, which go in three different directions. So obviously it's all about lining your your, your shots up for that one. Um yeah, so there's a lot of stuff to this gameplay, and then you've got all the other weapons, and it's a very nicely balanced game, I'd say. I think um, what usually ends up killing cheap. me... No, and what usually ends up killing me is is an enemy that, for whatever reason, I just have difficulty with. Um, there's a few that are just a bit troublesome. Yeah. And I think that all speaks to your gameplay style. Some people probably won't have any problem with those. Um, but maybe have difficulty with other ones. Um, so yeah, there's always going to be an enemy that that catches you off guard and and um... gets behind you and stuff. 
Yeah, and it's usually the same couple of enemies that end up killing me every time. But yeah, yeah. Um, I've not I've not done that many runs of this to be fair. I think I've probably only done about ten runs. But as I said, some of those runs I've got quite far in. Well, reasonably far in. Yeah, that's that's it. I think I'm the same with there are a couple of enemies here and there. Like in the the second section of the game after you defeat Meg, there are some enemies that they're like skeletons that throw bombs, yeah. and once you down them they will drop a bomb and it will go off almost immediately. So you've got to be really fast and dash out of the way. And a couple of times that killed me. And um, one of the power-ups, I'm not sure if you've got it, is like the Death Defiance. So once you die, you'll yeah, come back you to get... life with 50. Yeah, I've um, had that a couple of times. 50 HP and I'd used all those. So it then took me back, which was frustrating. But I, I agree with you. I think this game is very fun. It's very easy to pick up and play. And it's very easy to lose yourself in for 20 minutes. And it kind of reminds me of, um, I mean, you've you've watched all the videos as well. I know you watched a few of his videos recently, Matthew Matosis. And it reminds me of a section that he was talking about when he was discussing Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. And he was talking about like being on a train journey because obviously Peace Walker originally came out on the PS, I think, was it the PSP or the Vita first? It was the PSP that came out on originally. He, he was talking about playing you know peace walker on a train and you have to make the decision of okay i've got 15 minutes to my next stop do i want to play as big boss some more and maybe have to turn off the game in the middle of this operation or you know have i got enough time to do it and that's that's the thing with hades you never know how long a run is going to take you it could be over in five minutes or it could be you know 25 30 35 minutes if not more I've seen a speedrun of this game done in 25 minutes wow. and it's it's quite impressive. Um, it's really high level gameplay as you'd expect. But overall, I'd say if you are looking for a fun time with a game that you don't have to invest too much on, then Hades is is a good shout. What was your what was your favorite move? Um I mean it would just be using the bow and the uh, the standard shot. I think the other thing to mention about the gameplay is that in order to advance, you have to kill all the enemies in an area. So this is not the kind of game where you can run through doors to get away or anything like that. You you kill the enemies and then like you can Like us advance. in Halo 2. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Standing on your head while you run. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have to kill all the enemies to advance. And it's a good point, actually, about... Um, you mentioned Peace Walker. Because... I tried. I, I completed that on the PSP, and I tried playing that on console. And for me, it doesn't entirely work on console in the same way. Um, I could never get into it in the same way. Whereas in Portable, I did. I, I enjoyed it. I don't. It's not. It's very far from my favourite MGS game. But um, there's something to be said about playing it in short bursts and playing an MGS game on the go. And I think this is. I mean, as I said, this is perfect for the Switch. This is perfect for that pick up and play gameplay and I, I don't know about you um, sometimes at the start of a run um, I wouldn't really be concentrating and then the further in you get and yeah. the, the more progress you're making you start to concentrate more and more and maybe hold your switch closer to your face and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and make sure you're not making mistakes but yeah it, it, uh, so yeah my, my favourite move would be the bow um, but this is a, there's, there's a lot of layers in this little game. It's a little game, and it's um, 
you'd never describe it as a triple A experience or anything like that. But there's a lot of layers there. Um, if you if you if you do like your gameplay, this is probably not going to go far wrong with you. Um, so what about you? What was your what was your favourite move, so to speak? It would be th- throwing the shield, I think. So similar to you with it being a ranged attack. And like I said, I, I did about five, five, six hours of this game with just the sword. And I, I enjoyed it. But then as soon as I started using the shield, it kind of opened a whole new world up to me. And throwing the shield and hitting two or three enemies with one throw is, is, is very satisfying. So I think there's probably more for me to play with in terms of the moves. And I often find the first time I play through a game, I'll miss things or I'll miss certain combat elements to it that maybe I would pick up on a second or third run. So I'm looking forward to kind of getting to know more. And I have a feeling that after a few more runs through it, it won't be the shield throwing that will be my favourite. It will be something else or it will be, you know, something a little bit different. Well, it's like I said, do you remember in the Bioshock episode and I started using the crossbow towards the end and I wished I'd been using it earlier because um, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, this is definitely one of those type of games which rewards um you experimenting and finding what works for you absolutely i think the one of the things that i quite like about this game is the random generation of the maps now the only other game like there are so many games that do it but the the first one that kind of comes to mind for me is the obvious one which is no man's sky which i'm not did you ever play that no it was it, released to not much fanfare, and I, and I've heard that it's become a lot better. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, not, it's not sucked thing. on release, but I mean, I I played it again a couple of years ago, and the amount that um, I think it's Hello Games with the developers of that. Yeah. The the amount they've put into it, they just shut up and they got on with the work, and they just updated it and made it good and made it what it should have been, and I think now it's a completely different game, which is cool, but. In terms of random generation games, is that something that you're a fan of, or do you think you prefer something that's a bit more linear or a bit more grounded? I don't know if linear is the word, um, but I prefer. I just think it's like. Um, uh, here's a good example. I've been playing Oblivion recently, and um, we're, we're playing it for the podcast, and that episode will be coming up soon. Yeah. Now in Oblivion. I know that when they created the dungeon areas, um, which could be caves, they could be um, alien mines, rooms. tombs. Yeah, it could be. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a handful of things that it could be. They're yeah. themed on that type of thing. But I heard that when they created those, they were originally randomly generated um, in terms of the layout. So they weren't. They were put together, but they weren't really gone over. I remember by... you mentioning this actually. Yeah. By one of the game artists or the developers or anything like that. So, although if you go into say, um, there's one that's called Flooded Mine. I think if you go into Flooded Mine on your game, and if I go into Flooded Mine on my game, it will look exactly the same. But oh, right. okay. originally, when it was created, it was created in that that way where they weren't um, they weren't going through working each area and saying. Okay, we're going to put this here. We're going to put this here. It was more of a random process, as from my understanding of it. Um, now in Skyrim, I know that they went through and they did the the all the dungeon areas manually, 
and I know that people generally um, are a lot more praiseworthy of the dungeons in Skyrim and as I say playing Oblivion recently I think the dungeons are the weakest part of it um, so I think there's something to be said about having that control that authorial control and um, really making your areas unique whereas I think sometimes with random generation which is always my fear with, with it it can sometimes feel a bit generalised yeah. and I think you're never in an area long enough in Hades for it, for it to become an issue um, but I think in other games it would bother me but here it doesn't really bother me to be fair sure I, I know what you mean and I think that kind of brings us on to the question of the week now sometimes you'll share with me the question of the week before we record sometimes i'll share with you other times we won't so we've not really discussed this game much at all this week have we um prior no, not, to... not, not especially we use some we usually have an ongoing <laughs> discourse about but usually they're very different kinds of games but this is as i say a pick up and play games so yeah, we've yeah. Not, we've not so the same attention when we discussed god of war uh, which was about a month or two ago now, I think. We discussed the Gods of Olympus a little bit and the theme of that game. And obviously, the God of War games, well, 1, 2 and 3, were very much based on the Gods of Olympus and Greek mythology, with the newer game being more Norse mythology. So, in your opinion, there have been a few games, particularly over the last few years, that have done you know, Greek mythology, Greek gods, Olympus, etc. And they've done them quite well. But from your opinion, because obviously this is something that you know more about than I do because of what you studied at college, which game do you think has done it the best? And what would you like to see from a game with, you know, Norse or Greek mythology moving forward? Like what would be your ideal mythological game, I suppose? It's... it's um... That's a really <laughs> challenging question because yeah, it is because um, they're all such different games. I mean, one thing I'd say about Hades is that it, it reminds me. I don't know if you got these vibes from it. I don't know if you've seen this. I've, I've not really seen the film, but I know about it and I've I've played levels based on it in the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, Hercules, Disney's Hercules. I've not it reminds seen it, me but a bit I know of the that. Theme. Yeah, so it reminds me a bit of that. It's 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 light, and it's funny, and it's colourful. quirky and colourful, and the art style is fantastic. Um, so it really reminds me a bit of that. And then you've got something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is trying to recreate the ancient Greek world as it was, um, with a touch of mythology. But you really have to go out of your way to find that. Um, and then you've got something like God of War, which goes all in on the mythology, and it's all about these epic sweeping battles. Um, I think my well, personal... I'll, I'll, I'll change the question. What What's your favourite style out of those three, do you think? I think my favourite of the three... I do like the Assassin's Creed games, but I really wished that that game had gone more in on the mythology. Mm. Um, you, the gods are always referenced because the, the citizens of ancient Greece believe in them. Yeah, but you you see, basically, there are some 
places at the far ends of the map, and that map is huge, um, where you can fight the Minotaur, where you can fight uh, Medusa, and you can fight... Um, there's one more. I <laughs> can't think who it is um, off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so, so you fight some of these mythological... Oh, Cyclops was the last right. one. Um, so yeah, so you, you fight these mythological creatures, but you don't... It feels a bit out of place. Uh, yeah, and, and and thinking about it, there's another game which has come out recently, which is um, Gods and Monsters. Has it changed its name? Uh, it's, it's the Ubisoft one. It's changed its name. Um, what's it called now? Uh, something Rising. Something, no, I'm not sure. Uh, Basically, it's, a, it's again, it's a more, I, I think, a more Disney take on it, but it also borrows very heavily from Breath of the Wild. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising or something? Immortals... Oh, okay, yeah, rings a bell, maybe. Yeah, something something along those lines. I've actually got it on my, um, on my Xbox Series X, but I've not played it yet, obviously, because I don't yeah. even remember the name. Um, <laughs> so... That's 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 bad when your backlog's that bad that you can't even remember the name of a game that you've bought. Um, that's when you know you've got to clear it. Um, yeah, so 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 for me, I think I prefer I prefer the mythology, the ones that have got mythology in there. Uh, I prefer the God of War games of of the th- those three styles. Yeah. I just, I mean, I'm always going to go for the single player. Um, game where you kind of just have this experience on your own and stuff's going on and I, I like the God of War games I'm, I, I like them anyway um, especially God of War 2, that's my favourite um, I've not played the new God of War yet, it's, again it's another one in my backlog but I can remember the name of that one so yeah, um, yeah so for me it's God of War of the three um, how about you? I mean I, I've played I've played all three as well I, I mean look well, thinking back to when we played God of War, I remember thinking it was all right, but I struggled to get into it. But I think that's because it's a bit of an older game and I'm playing it now rather than when it came out. But I think out of all the styles, I really liked the um, the style of Hades. And I think like that, and you mentioned uh, Hercules, which I kind of get. I hadn't thought of it myself, but I, I, I agree with you in that it's it's just got a nice vibe about it and i really liked you know when the other um when the other god chimed in you know telling um zagreus isn't it the 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 character you play as Hades' son um you know sending messages to zagreus saying oh you've got to get up here soon you know we're saving wine for you oh it's a party oh what you're doing you're taking ages and i liked the characterization of the different gods it's very charming yeah, big time. And you could even say that just from listening to the way that Zagreus speaks. He's yeah. he sounds like um he sounds like a private school boy from a British school. <laughs> it would be my um the, the way that I'd describe his voice. He's um he's got an air of condescension about him, but at the same time he's incredibly charming. And I I really liked his character. I really liked his voice acting. But the one that stood out for me that I always liked going in to have a chat with whenever I died was Achilles. Yeah. I quite like the conversations that you have with him. So I think overall with these kind of games, I I suppose in answering this question is that I like the ones that maybe don't follow 
the mythology to the T, but add their own little spin on it and inject a bit of extra personality into these things, I think. And I mean, you know, the Greek gods and stuff have been featured in games since, you know, years and years back. I remember it being a pretty big theme in Tomb Raider 1 from 96 that there's a whole area with um, Greek god tombs, etc. And there's... Um, there's a, Have you played the original Tomb Raider? <laughs> I played it. So I didn't have a PS1 at the time. And the first time... I've, I've always been interested in the Tomb Raider games. And I've, I've actually played um, all the more recent ones. So I've played from Tomb Raider Legend onwards, which was on the PS2. Um, I've played all of them. But I didn't play the original ones on the PS1. So I remember at university, um, you downloaded it onto your PS3 and I gave it a go. And this was the original, which doesn't have analog controls and is really, really finicky about when you jump and when you when you can do your, like, is, is it triple jump move or whatever? She does the flip in the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, or backflip or whatever it is. And it just, just drove me a bit mad. And I, I just stopped playing and never played it again. There's, I, I really like the original Tomb Raider games on the PS1. And I've, I've played the, the remakes as well, uh, except the, the last one, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But there's, um, th- there's a really cool section in the original Tomb Raider. And I think I've sent you a video before um, about Tomb Raider 1 by a YouTuber called Piguni. And the editing on that video is some of the best video game editing for a YouTube video I've ever seen. Like, it's amazing. It's so, so good. And he goes on about a section that I'd completely forgotten existed because there is a big element of the original Tomb Raider that focuses on Greek mythology, Greek tombs, etc. And there's a section, I'm not sure if you'll have ever seen it, but it's quite a well-known bit of game lore that you can go into Midas's tomb. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, you, you step on his hand, and then as soon as Lara steps on it, she just starts turning to gold, and then she dies, and it's a death animation where she, Lara just turns into a statue of a gold woman and then just falls over. And I like stuff like that in in games where there's a somewhat serious plot, but they can also have a bit of fun with it as well, and that's exactly what I think Hades is, and I think that's the reason why I enjoyed it so much. I think you're right in saying that there's a lot of charm to this game. It is very charming, and I think that's one of the big things that I like about it. Speaking of the characters, well, speaking of the the look and the sound of the game as well, we've kind of just touched on it. Were there any standout characters for you? I mean... I think all the characters are really nicely done in that, again, that Disney kind of way. But what I really think is worth mentioning is how good the script is. How yeah. Not the script, even the dialogue. The dialogue is really good. It's really witty and it's fun. It um, clicks. Yeah. And it's snappy. And then the art style is brilliant. I mean, I love the art style. It's really yeah. colourful. It just looks quite unlike... I mean, you, you get that idea of the modern game, which is grey. There's usually a gun. Um, and you might get an injection of colour here and there. But yeah, very moody. I think I think like the last 10 years have been the, the 
is the time of the period of the moody game and i think every everyone's trying to emulate that style because i suppose that's what sells and then you've got this game that comes in and says screw that i'm gonna i'm gonna inject as much color in this screen as possible well so it's so colorful yeah interesting that you say that because i agree with you that the last 10 years or so the last console generation itself has been quite gray quite moody you look at all the really big well uh, received games games like uh, the last of us part two the last of us uh, uncharted and even though uncharted has elements of you know really nice colorful areas it also has that gloomy vibe to it and those are the games that do really well however at time of recording i think it was yesterday or the day before that um hades won best game at the baftas yeah against games like the last of us part two and you know a few others that would fill that void of being the grey, serious see, I, game. I, I don't see Uncharted as a, a grey game at all. I see that as the Indiana Jones of the game of the uh, the game world. I see that as very colourful, but maybe um, that's just think, my opinion of it because I'm not a huge fan of the series. Maybe, um, but I, I, I definitely think it's it spawned games like The Last of Us, and and that's not a criticism of something like The Last of Us. No, no, it's not just. At all. I mean, I I, I well, enjoyed. Same developer. <laughs> yeah, and I enjoyed The Last of Us, Last of Us Two. Um, I just think maybe it's all the other games that emulate it and don't necessarily do quite as well. Um, it would be nice if they had some more color in them. Yeah. Um, it's when you get too much of something, isn't it? Too much of a good thing. I think at one point, having that kind of um, gloomy game was different because there was a time when all games were colorful. Yeah, they're all so, platformers, or and then something like Doom stood out because it was dark and yeah, atmospheric and moody and yeah. But well, maybe maybe gamers have grown up and games are I don't know I don't yeah I don't know why it, why it is I'm trying to explain something that I have no idea why it is but yeah it's it's nice to see this game um, come along and have such vibrant colours um, and audio yeah really good so. You've got all the production side of things. You've got the art style. You've got the graphics. You've got the colours. You've got the the witty dialogue, the snappy dialogue. You've got this characterization. You've got a nicely fleshed out world, and good voice acting. Some nice music in there as well. Really balanced gameplay systems. So it all just comes together in a really nice package. Um, so I wouldn't say any character particularly stands out, but I just think the whole thing is just just not what you normally get in a game is it no like you say it it doesn't feel triple a but it's got a feel about it that there was a lot of time a lot of effort and a lot of love put into this game i think definitely and i think that's probably why it's done so well why it is so highly regarded why people enjoy it so much and ultimately you know why it's won best game at the baftas and you know i imagine it's probably going to win a few more awards as well Interesting story for you. Um, I think, I don't know if he was the director of this game, but he was definitely one of the higher ups on it. It's a guy called Greg Kasavin, and he used to write for GameSpot, which is. Um, I think basically... I had heard that actually, yeah. So he used to do reviews for GameSpot, and, and that's basically always been the second biggest gaming yeah, yeah. Uh, journalist company outside of IGN. And I, I think I prefer games, but I think um, they tend to be a bit more critical. Um, and 
he used to review games like I remember he did Morrowind and and some of the old sure. RPGs. So he's gone on from reviewing those games and uh, I always thought he was a very good reviewer and he, you know, he's just created his own game. I just think that's a, quite an impressive story, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just come to me as well another game that this reminds me of even though it's a completely different style of game. I might have mentioned it to you before. I'm not sure if you ever played it. Um, it's an indie game that came out in like 2012, 2013 called Thomas Was Alone. Yeah, we, we've spoken about that a few times actually. It's, it's got remember. that level of charm about it just through right. character dialogue and you know building relationships with the different characters. And it might be the case that when we do eventually get to our games, I might put Thomas Was Alone in there because it's such a well-written game. It's... It really sticks with you. But yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it just suddenly reminded me of that game in some element. But it's really yeah. nice to see... We, we've talked about indie games a few times yeah. on the podcast, but it's really nice to see... Uh, I mean, sometimes the AAA style of game doesn't feel very innovative. It's trying to to, to set itself to the broadest yes. audience. So it kind of maybe sticks to a template... Um, whereas indie games are really, I think, pushing boundaries and doing different things. They've got and heart. there's some other, uh, there's there's some other great ones on the list like uh, uh, Celeste and things like that that are just really pushing the boundaries and doing some really nice stuff. So it's nice to see this game here. It's nice that this game won BAFTA Game of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. That brings us very nicely on to our final thoughts. So. It seems that we both quite enjoyed this game, even though neither of us have managed to finish it. But in terms of your final thoughts, do you think the critics got it right? This is an interesting one. Because it made me think about reviews. And if I were reviewing this game, what would I give it? Um, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but... Obviously, when critics review these games... And they give it, I don't know, a 9 or a 10 or whatever it is. They don't think, oh, we're reviewing it because we want to get it on the, the Metacritic Top 100. Yeah. It just happens that they think it deserves that score. and They all think as a, a similar thing. Yeah, and as a byproduct, it ends up on the Top 100 or it doesn't end up on the Top 100. Um, now, I think it all depends on your mileage for this kind of game. I'm always going to say that this kind of game deserves to be there because it just adds some much needed variety to that top 100, which is made up of a lot of the same series and can get a bit, I mean, we've been doing this for over a year now we and have. it can get, it can get a bit um, monotonous at times in terms of the games that you're playing because yeah. they are, there are so many big AAA games on there which I think we've talked about before, about why they end up there and what what things don't end up there. Um, so it's nice to see that there. So I'm always going to be on the side of the, uh, the indie games for this one. Um, and as long as you know what you're getting into, in terms of you know that it's not going to be this game that you're going to, like you say, sit and play for seven hours straight... Um, that you're going to pick up and play it, you're going to have fun while you pick up and play it. The gameplay and the levels are wonderfully balanced. And 
it's probably not easy to balance all those enemy types in a level in these randomly generated areas which the player can pick what weapons they use um, what power-ups they're going to use it can't be easy to do that balancing and I think the gameplay really deserves credit for that and then just have it in this package which is very vibrant and just pleasing in every sensory fashion so yeah I think I'm not saying that it deserves to be anywhere near the top but on the list yeah why not <laughs> what about you I'm 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 really torn about it because I really want to say I, I do think the critics got it right absolutely this is a brilliant game and I really really enjoyed it and I think it's a breath of fresh air into a lot of the games that we've been playing and there have been some games on this list that I think do deserve to be here. There have been a few that I don't. And there's been a few that you and me have disagreed on. And I think with this game, you and me agree on the fact that it's a very good game and it's very strong. And I keep kind of umming and ahhing about whether I think it should be on the list or not. Yeah, I know and what you mean. That's something that we used to do at the start of the podcast when we when we were first doing the episodes and it would mean that we dragged our episodes on for about 10 minutes longer than they needed to at the end. So we're like, yeah, we think it deserves three it. three final questions or... Yeah, you know, we'd be like, yeah, I think it deserves it. But at the same time, I'm not sure, but... Uh, it wouldn't yeah. be on my list, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and we, we try to streamline that a bit more now to just make things a bit more punchy. But this is one that I really struggle with. And the more I think about it, the more I just have to say, no, I don't think it should be on the top 100 games list. But that being said... This is an absolutely brilliant game and it really does stand out and I really enjoyed it. It's been one of my highlights of the list so far that we've played because it is so different. But when I compare it to a lot of the other games on the list and what else is out there and what else we have yet to play and all the other amazing games that aren't on this list that I think should be, I don't think this game should have a place on this list. Which makes me yeah. feel a bit bad saying it because... It is brilliant and I really enjoyed it. And there are, game, there are games that I've enjoyed less on this list that I think should be in there, you know? So, yeah. I don't really know it's, how it's, to It's kind the of question. what I was referencing that, that when does. I mean. What's the criteria? Maybe, well, when does a 9 out of 10 become one of the best games of all time? Like, mm. what, what point does it cross over from being a 9 out of 10 game, which you could very easily make that argument for Hades to being one of the 100 best games over the past how many decades. Yeah, I think it's what makes it hard is comparing it to the others because you and me both agreed that when we discussed Ocarina of Time, which is the number one game of all time, that we don't think it is the number one game of all time, but it's the most important and it has an important legacy. And Hades doesn't have any of that. It doesn't have... In my opinion, it doesn't have an amazing legacy that's going to stand years and years of scrutiny. It doesn't have this, it doesn't have that. But what it does have is just the fact that it's fun. And yeah. I think that's the thing that's made this question difficult for me. Is because it's, it's hard to... to say what kind of legacy it will have, though, isn't it? Because Yeah, of course. It's still so It's new. very different comparing a game from 1998 to a game from literally the newest game on the list. And then. I mean, I wouldn't be able to say what kind of legacy Last of Us 2 is going to have, apart from being one of the most divisive games of all time. Um, yeah. 
it's really hard for me to say that because it came out last year and we all know that The Last of Us 1 has been remembered very fondly by fans but I feel like people have stopped talking about The Last of Us too far quicker so it'll be really interesting to see how that fares down the line yeah um, so I think it's hard to say and it has just won BAFTA Game of the Year so maybe it will be influential in terms of bringing a new audience to those I hope it is roguelike games I don't know I'm oh, I'm just I'm just, I suppose, musing and trying to mm. provide some answers. Yeah. It, it's but I, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it, it's a hard one to answer. But I think, to, to wrap it up, gun to my head, no, it doesn't deserve to be on the list. But yes, I would recommend this game to anyone. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it was great. And you should play it. So, Yeah, and it. I suppose I fall the other way in that I'm, all, I'm always going to lean towards those games that aren't very well represented on the list mm. and may, maybe that's a bit of a bias and, and, and I fully admit that but uh, I mean you play all the uh, countless GTA games on the list and yeah. things like that it's, it's just nice to play something different isn't it for, it is. for the list it, it really is and I think speaking of something different we're going to be playing a game that's slightly different next time aren't we and very moody and very moody. Yeah, so, I mean, that wraps up our episode on Hades. Obviously, it's it's been a bit, not all over the place, but we're just not quite sure what to think of it overall, I think. It's very new. It's a new game out, and it's still yeah. very fresh in our minds, and we, but, maybe we've not decided how we feel fully. Yeah, quite. And like I said, it is a great game, and I highly recommend it. If you're listening to this, play it. It's fun. It's great, and it isn't that expensive. But... Going from the colourful world of Hades and the, <laughs> I don't even know, the the funness of it to something, like you say, a bit darker and a bit bleaker. What is the next game we're going to be doing on this list? So we're going to go from the vibrancy and all the colours of Hades to those wonderful spectrum of greys and browns in Quake. Quake. <laughs> Quacky. <laughs> Quacky, Quacky 64. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm interested in playing this one. I've not played Quake since I was but a young boy. And just to clarify, it's not just the N64 version. It's it's, it's any version of Quake. No, yeah, I'll, I'll be playing it on Steam, I think. So I will be playing it on the N64, but there we go. So yeah, it should be a good episode. Um, is that one coming out next week or the week after? I think... Ooh, that's a good question. I think it's next week. It may, uh, it may be. I'm not. I'm not certain. Well, it could. So, so what? Watch this space next yeah. Thursday, but also keep, watch this space the Thursday afterwards because keep, keep, one keep, of those two days. Yeah, keep keep your ears to the ground. Um, yeah, something might come out next week, but then again, it might not. So fifty fifty chance. Yeah, exactly. What what great odds those are. So if you have enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or following on whatever platform it is you listen to us on. We would really appreciate that. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also email us at the long and short of it podcast dot no at hotmail.com. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah. Clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But any final things from you? Not really. Um, I've run out of words. Well, 
Excellent. We've run out of words, so we'll call it a day there. But we hope you enjoyed listening to our discussion on Hades, and we look forward to next time when we discuss Quake. We will. Uh, we'll see, see you, you on Quackster. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Take care and cheerio. See you on the next one.